This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The only place for Chelsea fans... Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast. I'm Chidge and I'm feeling a bit like a Londoner who survived the Blitz after watching Stoke's aerial bombardment at the Chelsea yesterday. But Chelsea's bulldog spirit shone through and we bagged two goals and the points and now sit in our rightful position of top of the league. We're We're having a laugh. Absolutely. Now, earlier in the week, we kept up our season aggregate against Pompey, beating them 4-0 for the second time within four weeks. Next up in the Carling Cup, Burnley and their wooden seats. Now, ironically, I was actually up there the other week filming and they really do have wooden seats in the away end. Anyway, we'll be having a right old natter about the Stoke and Pompey games in the show today. And I look forward to match the day two in the Champions League, where we take, take on the Cluj, the Transylvanians of Cluj. All very weird. And we have a very, very special guest on the show. Now, I'll give you a clue. In 1992, their name was scrawled on the East End wall. No, it wasn't my girlfriend. Anyway, we'll be talking to our very special guest about all things Chelsea, if he gets through 60-second fan, that is. And we'll also have more tales from the shed, and we'll find out what you lot have been saying in your on CFFC. The Chelsea Football Fancast, the only football show that comes with a free tin hat. Real fans, real opinions. Okay, time to introduce our guests this week. Now, we have a real Chelsea legend on the show this week. That's right. Cheltel is back with us. Cheltel! (laughs) Good to see you, buddy. Now, look, in all seriousness, we really do have a Chelsea legend with us on the show, and everybody knows how much I like the word legend. But I think we can apply it to this lovely bloke. It's my old mate, Jason Cundy. Mr. Chidge, how are you? A legend is a little strong, I think, mate. For you or me? <laughs> For both. <laughs> a true both. word has never been said. No, it's really good to finally have you on the show, mate. I know good to be here. I've heard on. plenty about it, mate. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. The 60-second challenge is a bit daunting. <laughs> you can call yourself a fan. You can call yourself a player. But when they put you under the hot... Under the hot lights, it'll be uh, interesting how things go. Mate, the, this is the most challenging thing. In fact, we're thinking about... Oh, listen, trust me, I'm worried. No, you trust should me. be. You should be, because we're am. actually going to be sending this over to the States and we're going to get Barack Obama Jesus. and John McCain to do oh, it okay. next week. Okay, so, no. you know, you'll be in good company. If they get ahead of me, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> they will. Uh, well, uh, if, well, Barack Obama's apparently a West Ham fan. Oh. I, I saw yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard yesterday down at the Stokes. Did, you, you were there, were you? Oh, well, I've done it from, from back in the uh, studio at Stamford Bridge, so if he's a Stoke City sport, I think you can have... You can pretty much claim anyone, I would have thought. 
Yeah, that's worrying, isn't it? They didn't do much good, though, did they? No, he gave them a team talk by all accounts before the game. We'll get so on to more that. Worried. We will yeah. get on to that later, because I also introduced my other guest. We've already heard from Shell Tell. It's nice to have him back, because we missed him last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. sore throat, but uh, You're better now. hopefully I'm OK. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Now, Martin, good to see you back, as always. Great to be back. You are now a rose between two thorns. You, I wouldn't say you were demoted from the hot seat from sitting next to me, but you are definitely a rose between two thorns this week. There you go. Can, can I just say they got wooden seats at Goodison as well? They have, I know, I know. You were, I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> I know. Okay, well, look, I just thought it sounded good it was at Burnley, but there you go. Stuart, lovely to have you back too, mate, of yeah, course. Yeah, good to be back where I belong and where Chelsea belong at the top of the league. Indeed. Okay, look, we better move swiftly along because we're rabbiting on as always. We do have a thing called 60 Second Fan, which I know our regular listeners are, are very aware of now, and it's basically where I ask, uh, some searching questions to one of my guests to see if they can actually remember their time as a Chelsea fan. Now, as I've already said, this week we're going to have Jason in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I'm a kind soul at heart, and I, I mean, never let it be said that I'm not, they're all shaking their heads, they're miserable. <laughs> lot. Um, the, the bottom line is, is that I'm going to let Jason answer these questions from either a fan's perspective or a player, because he, he was obviously a player for Chelsea, and I know he's a big Chelsea fan. So there we go. 60 second fan with Jason Cundy starts. I thought you said get a choice. No, <laughs> shut up. Where's the choice? Get along with it, Where's the choice? Easy. You get There's a no choice, choice. Answers. either choice. a fan or a player. <laughs> okay. Or you can mix it up like you All said right. you were going to. Go anyway, 60-second fan with Jason Cundy starts now. Jason, what year did you first start supporting Chelsea? Well, from the second I was born, my dad has a T-shirt of me when Chelsea were playing in the 1970 uh, FA Cup final. I was six months old and I got a T-shirt on with a hat. Uh, Chelsea on the front, Chelsea on the top. See, I thought you were at the cup final, mate. That's what you told me. No, mate. No, He's no, given no. me a very grisly no, look. I'll no, shut no, up no, and no. move on. I have, and the photographs, the photographs will be in the program and the magazine to prove it. All right. Okay. Now, what was your first home game? That I played or, or went or, or it could watched. It be either. First game I ever saw was when we beat Chelsea around November time, and I've spoken to uh, Neil Barnett, who's the spy. Everyone another spy at Stamford Bridge. We do indeed. And I had him years later to try and work out what it was. I think Chelsea won three-one. Uh, I would have been about eight or nine at that particular time. It was in November, um, and we beat them three-one. And that was the first time I went to Stamford Bridge. We went up in the, uh, in the in the West End. It was just just awesome. Lovely. Now, what was your first away game? Again, it can be either Please as a player or or a fan. First away game. Mm. Um, one of the away games I do remember was when was at Fulham, and um, we went uh, there and we beat them. I think it was five four, and who's Davis scores? Who's the Welshman with the tash. Gordon Davis. Davis scored a hat trick. Oh, blimey! Scored oh, a hat trick. That's that, good memory. That was that was what the, the, one of the one of the games I remember that vividly sticks in my mind. It was a beautiful sunny day, and I stood in the way. Good end stuff. And it was an unbelievable right. game. We're going to move it on because it is supposed to be sixty seconds, God, and we're probably already running at two. Anyway, that's minutes, not seconds. Mm. Uh, best Chelsea goal. Um, best Chelsea goal that I scored. <laughs> for those who are listening who don't know Jason there are only two there are only, there are only two but the, the, the best one was at um, Villa Park with my first Chelsea Lovely. goal you always remember your first Chelsea goal after about two minutes ball coming in from a corner Kerry's flicked it on I've leapt like a salmon at the far post not <laughs> Nodded it down, but you know, you, you I'm dream. I'm thinking of, more of a sea bass. You dream, you, you, you dream, you dream, you dream, tin of salmon. You dream, you, you dream of scoring goals for, for your, the club you support. So that was, um, oh, quality. that well was sticking my mind. All right, okay, mate, best match ever. Best match, uh, I, the best match as a supporter was without question, and he's a good friend of mine now, was where we played uh, Sheffield Wednesday away in the cup. Oh, yeah. And Paul Cannaville yeah. comes off the bench. I think we were getting, we were getting beat, I think maybe 2 0 or 3 0, and Canners has come off the bench. Uh, did Kenneth get a hat trick that day, or did he get two? I 
I think he got two, and, and we got that. And I remember watching that those highlights as a, as a kid, staying up, didn't know the score, and it's all seemed doomed. And of course, when Canners, who's now a very good friend of mine, I still I still speak to him about that. But I went to the um, there was the the replay yeah. at um, a Stamford Bridge. I think Pat, did, did David Speedy score the winner? I think they and Pat Nevin got tripped up just after that. Pat, someone tripped Pat up. I see the highlights. Someone sticks a leg out just after we yeah. uh, Pat Nevin there. All right, favourite player of all time. That, um, Doug Ruthie, I cleaned his boots. That was always, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but Mickey, Mickey Joy, Mickey Joy Mickey, was. Oh, Mickey I Joy was. I remember as a kid going to Stanford Bridge, and you picked up Mickey Joy's boots, and I was only eleven, <laughs> and I felt I could spend a night in there sleeping because they were that big. All right, favourite <laughs> Chelsea pub, mate. Um, well, I think I think it's got to be. Oh, let me think about this. I mean, probably the one across the road, Butcher's Hook. Now. Um, what was Rising it? Sun. Stanford. The Stanford when I used to go. Yeah, the green room. That's right. Okay. Yeah, favorite drink. My favorite drink. Yeah. Milk. Milk. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer when I was a player. <laughs> uh, I have a pint of uh, Lager Top. Lager Top. We love that. Okay. Most legendary Chelsea moment. Most legendary Chelsea moment. I think it has to be. I was at. Um, I was at the Reebok. When we lifted the when we lifted the Premiership title, nice one with uh, Frankie. Yeah, and frankly, I was doing the commentary for Talksport at the time, you. and and you know to be there on a historic moment when Frank scored as well. You know, you you, you spend all your life supporting Chelsea. Never think they'll win the, the top league. I mean, I people ask me where were you when when Chelsea was shit, and I was saying, well, I played for them. <laughs> <laughs> James, that is a legendary, legendary thing. And I have to say, well done for doing the longest 60-second fan in the history. Give him a round of applause. Thank you very much. Yeah. Excellent. Now, look, we'll be back after a short break to talk about the games from this week. Okay, we're back and we're recovering from the longest 60-second fan ever known, thanks to Jason, but it was great fun. But anyway, look, we did play a couple of games this week and, of course, we were playing Stoke yesterday and we were all very worried about the aerial bombardment and the long throw from Rory Delap. And thankfully, he, he was... He injured his shoulder, by the way. That's why he didn't I think play. he did. Was, that, <laughs> was, 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 was it, throw, was it throwing the ball in, though? That's what I want to know. But anyway, a couple of things that sprung to mind this week for me were, were one, the shock and the horror of seeing both Anelka and Maluda score in the same week, Jace. Um, and Nelka's goal scoring record isn't bad this is. I'm not his four, biggest fan. Four, four goals so far. I'm not his biggest fan, and I don't think he brings too much to the table. If you had this conversation yesterday, just after the Stoke game, if Didier's fit to play um, against Cluj, who, who do you play? You play Didier Drogba for me. He brings more yeah. to the table. Yeah. Hasn't scored yet this season. Of course, he's been injured. Not 100% fit, but Anelka's come in, and during that time when Didier was out, he's done okay. He's done it. It's all about scoring goals. For I mean, he had a mare against United last week, mate, and we were mm. absolutely—you can—you know what I'm like. We were, we were having a right old rant. I was—I was—I was doing the—I was doing the covering the game for Sky back in Sky Sports uh, News, and I said after about half an hour, this guy's not going to score. Get him off now. Yeah. Get Didier on. Yeah. Get him into the into the pace of the game. I'd have brought him off on after about 35 minutes. Give Didier 10 minutes, and let him have a real go at him second half. He changed it second half, which I felt he had to do. I think Maluda came off. Um, half time. Yeah, is it Maluda that came off? Yeah, because Ryan started the game with only 10 Chelsea players on the field. Well, I mean, that was an absolute <laughs> disgrace, wasn't it? I mean, he had a friendship bracelet break, like that, but I mean, <laughs> it's only a piece of string, but I don't know. You, you make sure you're ready to get, get yourself on the pitch. So, look, what do, we, what do we generally think about the match yesterday against Stoke, boys? Stuart? Well, well, I thought it looked like a really solid performance from Chelsea. Chelsea, ruthless, efficient. And at the same time, there was a good bit of flair in there. I like those words, ruthless efficiency. I tell you, I, 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 should, like be, I should be a sports journalist, shouldn't should I, with be. this little cliche? No, but I thought there was, there was moments I saw, I did see the whole game, I watched the download of it, 
And uh, there was moments I thought, if Arsenal were playing like this, I'd say I'd be reading all sorts of you know wonderful stuff in the press tomorrow, but I'm not. It's been lovely little touches, good vision. I thought Maluda, I've seen some green shoots of recovery. To say, mm. I think he's got the green be, shoots of recovery. Yeah, no, he can be. You know, I've never really put Maluda down. People have detracted you from him. You total a bit. liar. No, that's absolutely not true. Go back <laughs> to last week, and I, I just about stand up for Maluda. As no, you did. That is you to be no, fair. It's, it's did, true, did, and yeah. I think I saw some good partnership. Coming together between Ashley Cole and Foreign Maluda, I think that could be a good. Yeah, a good Listen, sign. the one thing I was really impressed with yesterday was, was Bazinga. I mean, it's a fantastic goal for a start. But Martin, I mean, I, you've seen. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the game. I, but generally, Bazinga, I think, has been. A, I mean, a lot of people are saying he's one of the best buys we've made for a long time. Tell, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's true. I managed to see all the game live. Um, but uh, were you watching it on Chinese TV or something? Yeah, though? yeah, Shh. Star Sports. But anyway, yeah, not that so. Allegedly. <laughs> Literally, no, but I, I remember while I was watching the game, I remember thinking I was trying to sort of analyse how comes Chelsea, you know, at so have so much possession. And I, what I'm going to say, I probably you all know anyway, but uh, it seems to me that every time a Chelsea player gets a ball, there's somebody very close to him trying to make a little bit of space. Mm. And it seems to me that it's there's never a Chelsea player caught by himself somewhere, stuck by himself with a ball. And, not having anybody around him knowing what to do. No, the running off the ball's been good, isn't it? And and, yeah. and I was that sort of clicked in watching the match yesterday and it seemed that was a big power of Chelsea is that uh, there's always somebody making themselves available in a little bit of space to get the ball. Well I think also we're a big physical side who bully teams about but you look at the size of our players and the stature of them and I think they're quite intimidating Ashley to Cole, play. Deco, Exactly, yeah, that's what Joe I'm talking Cole. about. You look no, at yeah, yesterday, you're right, you, we, had, we had Alex, JT, yeah. Balak, Didier Drogba, Mikel. I mean, you've got yeah. five, Big six, guys. three, three exactly tight, players. You know, defensively, Balak was awesome yesterday. I mean, yeah. he is such an effective player in the air. Just going back to the Basinga thing, going forward, Basinga is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. that's the reason we got rid of Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson going forward is one of the best attacking right backs yeah, in this country. No but, concentration but, at the back, though. But you look at the goal that he conceded against last week against Evra. Basingwa should never have been bullied in that situation. That goal has come down from his mistake. He's allowed Everett to get on the yeah. inside of him. As soon as that's happened, use your, use your pace and strength. And he was a little, I think he was left wanting there. The big question mark, still unanswered about Basingwa, is his defensive frailties. Is he a defender? Is he an out and out defender? Or is he an attacking fullback? I still think there's, there's question marks over I, his defence. Attacking fullback, I would say. But you can't, we can't have it, but, I mean, we, we should have it both ways. Well, but we've had a Cafu, real dearth. You yeah, can, you can have it both ways. Daniel Alves? Well, I know, I agree. You can and you should That's have it both ways. ways. You it can and hard. you should have it both ways, but recently we haven't. What we've had is, you know, good fullbacks, but they're not been attacking enough. Ferreira, for example, who would get a nosebleed if he got anywhere near the halfway line. So, I tell you, he played well. Branislav Ivanovic the other yeah. day. He was awesome. Was he, was he in the Pompey game? He played in the Pompey game. He was awesome. Okay, well, he, he, he's an out and out defender, and I've got a feeling that if he, if he continues to play that way at fullback, if we have to go away and have a doggy defence, Man United away, for example, where we need defenders to defend, we can't afford to have them bombing on. Well, he I might find himself in the starting eleven. Well, I saw him in one of the pre-season games. We'll talk about that actually after the script break. So I want to pick up on the Pompey game because I think a lot of things came out of that that was interesting. So after the break, we will be back. Real fans, real opinions. Okay, picking up on what we were saying about the Pompey game, Martin, you were about to, you were about to say something. Before no, I, I was going to say about about. Um, Ivanovic, he, he, I saw him play one of the pre-season games and he, he made a really good run and um, got to the byline and, and put a ball in. I think we scored from it. I can't remember who, even who it was against, but uh, he certainly he's a, looks like a capable player. Do you rate him, Jase? What I've seen so far on Mike, he's an out-and-out -out defender. We need one of those. I think in the situation we're at the minute with, uh, with Ricky out injured, Alex and JT at the back, if one of those two goes lame or gets suspended, 
we got an able replacement, and that, and that we didn't have last year or the year before. We were left light at the back, and we now have. And he's been. I feel sorry for him. He's had his problems. He came in January, never used under Everham Grant, not really used under uh, under Scolari yet, but was given his opportunity. I tell you, he he was probably our best player on the pitch. I felt Pompey. Well, one of, one of the nice things about the Pompey game, of course, was the fact that we actually cuffed them four 0 again. I think it was the second time in about uh, a month. But the, but the thing I really wanted to talk about was that you know another four 0 win, and uh, it's clear to me already that Scolari has built in a, a huge amount of flair and style in the way that we've been playing recently. They seem a lot more comfortable on the ball. They seem happy to attack. And we seem to be losing a little bit of the negativity that built in over the last year or two, even under Mourinho. I mean, Jason, what do you think about that? The, the, the big, the key thing here is the fullbacks. I spoke to Ashley Cole out on the pre-season tour and he was saying, go forward. You know, your defensive uh, duties, when, when we have the ball, are get over the halfway line and let the holding midfielder, Mikel as it is at the moment, uh, McAuley last year but I think that that's the big key here we missed Dicko against Manchester United that, that was you, you, <laughs> we, we noticed that losing him in the warm up and we, we were a little bit more workmanlike against Manchester United I, I, I saw the Jose Mourinho that was the Jose Mourinho team performance we saw against Manchester United mm. without, without a great deal of flair um, we, that's where Deco and we missed out yeah. don't forget of course the um, name who alludes me now went to Manchester City Boy, Mourinho Robinho that was a, you know, a key component as to what he was going to do he was going to be the little bit of flair up front we, we've kind of missed that out and I'm disappointed it's a shame isn't it it is a shame it's a shame that we've missed out on a flair player but I'm not convinced that he was the right one actually he, uh, you know <laughs> see him on a blue shirt yeah you say that now you didn't say that uh, before no, no, you didn't no. sign him no it's his attitude man I mean you know I, I'm sorry I want I, people who want to play for Chelsea heart and soul not because they're there just for the money well they are, they're not, they're, there are very few flat yeah. players out there that do that these days yeah. you know Call it's, me old-fashioned. Well, the game's changed. There aren't, there aren't too many foreign players out there that no, really no. want to play for Chelsea for the shirt. Well, they, they want to come over and win things. Yeah, and but that's what fo- the, the football has changed these days. You say that, and I, I mean, I accept that you're nearer to it than me. But you, you know, the evidence that I see with my own eyes when I watch them play is that there's a huge, fantastic spirit that Chelsea have in that team, and that team is full of foreign players. You are earning once they a lot come, of money. Once they're there, you know, they're there. Fair enough. But no one's going to come to Chelsea. Just because oh, no, they no. want to play for Chelsea. Yeah, but I think Robinho was a, was, a, was a kind of a weird example of. I mean, you know. He had his hands tied from what I know. In the end, he was never coming to Chelsea. Really? Was, no, and, and that was. And it, he, if he was going to leave uh, Real Madrid, it was never going to be for Chelsea. Well, I think Calderon didn't want us to have our hands no, on him because no, they, they got the hump. No, Isn't he getting 10,000? Talking of foreigners, we've got match day two coming up this week against the Transylvanians from Cluj, which gave us a lot of hilarity a couple of podcasts ago, Jason, as you can well imagine. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know an awful lot about them other than the fact that they beat Roma, which was a bit of a shock, I think. Um, are you going out there? No, I'm, co- not, I'm, for, I'm covering the game from back in London. You're covering the game from London. I mean, what do you know about Cluj? And should we be worried? Um, I think we need to look at the game they played against Roma. They're, they're fresh, they're new. These, these players, um, nobody's heard of these players. It's their first season in Champions League football. They've gone to Rome and they've taken three points, you know. Underestimate, underestimate them at your peril. Yeah. If we go there thinking we're going to turn them over, it's going to be an easy two or three nil. We could come unstuck. I think we need to go there. If we take a point, I'll, I'll take a point now. You want to, you know, you want to go to someone like. I mean, three points is there for the grabs. It should, you know, we should be looking to take three. But you know, they've turned over Rome, so, so Roma. So let's not. Let's not. No mugs, I, can't well, see, I can't see Scolari underestimating them. He did his homework on Stoke, didn't he? Why yeah. you the same okay. on okay. Can I qualify that a bit by saying everyone's beaten Roma this season? They've only beaten one team this season. That's Regina. So really? I, I think I don't think Roma are any good. I'm not not too worried about them. 
But well, a bit like that, was, that was one of those upsets. I think was on the cards. Roma are in a team a bit of crisis. They've lost their best players. Their other best players they haven't lost are over the hill. I think they're not playing as well as they should. So I think I'm that pretty confident. Pretty, but when they beat Roma, <clears throat> I think that cemented our place in the in the in the yeah. knockout stage yeah. after well, one game. Definitely. Yeah. Tell tell what you got any thoughts on uh, on Cluj? Uh, do you think that they do you, do you think they've got a lot of bite in midfield? Maybe. Oh god, no, it's got to be no <laughs> jokes about crosses or anything like. That. But uh, <laughs> we've think, already done them, mate. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. I, don't, I suspect Cluj will give Chelsea full respect. Yeah. And uh, and Scolari will spot that and uh, do what he knows to do to get result. And do you think we need to wear any garlic, perhaps? So more, you know. Christ. <laughs> <You're not the laughs> no, no. You keep, keep drawing it out till there's a chuckle emerges from that. But I think the biggest danger with Clues is it's their first ever Champions yeah. League home game. I remember our first Champions League home game. We drew nil-nil in Milan. Mm. But my God, what a day that was! And I'm sure we played an extra 10, 15 percent just because of it. Yeah. And I think Clues will play an extra 20 percent yeah. because of it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, dare we do any? Dare we do some predictions that we could be held up as laughing stocks after? Well, Chelsea, will win Chelsea will Jay win. Jay says one nil. Chelsea will win nil. Tell. 2-0 to Chelsea Martin I'd say 2-0 as well Stuart I have to say 3-0 just, just to go out <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be controversial and say something sensible for a change I'm going for 2-1 Chelsea so how about that anyway look we'll be back after this very short break but before I say that I'm going to say this if you've got anything to say about all of this and all this mad shit we normally come out with or you feel the need to have a rant get in touch with us at footballfancast.com slash your hyphen club slash Chelsea or at our Chelsea Football Fancast Facebook group now after the short break we're going to be having a chat with Jason about his playing days at Chelsea now some of us are actually old enough to have seen him play <laughs> oh yes Football Fancasts are always on the lookout for enthusiastic writers and show presenters to get involved with our fancasts if you want to have a go and think you can represent the fans' views, email us at getinvolved at footballfancast.com. Okie dokie, we're back and, and Jason's kind of giving me that wry smile. Damn, I know you so fine, well. Fine. See, what you lot don't know, when I worked with Jason on Nuts TV, I was in the safety of a gallery, so there's no way he could kind of get at me because I was I watching know, I, can, I can hear you in my ear renting yeah, he, he could hear me on my ear, but I, I always felt safe and now I'm only two yards away from him. He's, he's almost in <laughs> thumping within, within distance. Within throwing distance, yes. You are if he let like a can of salmon again. <laughs> now look, as, as we all know, I do love the Big Cundy very much and in fact, largely because when, when I first started going to the bridge, it was really around the time when you were playing and sadly I was so mashed up on all sorts of things including Holston X but I don't really remember much but for those of you who, who want a little reminder about what a legend Jason is to Chelsea I'm going to read this and I don't care how long it takes alright I will now, this is also written by Kelvin Barker who wrote Salary uh, uh, representing Chelsea in the 80s and he's great we, we will get him on the show one day I promise but anyway listen to this after being voted Chelsea's young player of the year in 1987 Jason Cundy had to wait a further three years before he was finally given his full debut once selected, however, he immediately impressed with a string of aggressive performances, which had the supporters labelling him the, best cl uh, the club's best youth product since Ray Wilkins. An old-fashioned centre-half, strong in the tackle and good in the air, but less assured with the ball at his feet. He's looking at me again. Um, uh, Cundy cut a powerful figure, and his inspirational performances in the Rumbelows Cup, particularly over two games with Spurs when he shackled Gary Lineker, played a significant part in the club's run to the semi-final. With his place and the team assured, he continued to make rapid progress, his importance being highlighted when, in his absence, the team conceded seven goals against Notts Forest. Now, could you imagine that happening today? No. Um, he returned in time for the final game of the season and scored his first goal for the Blues in a 2-2 draw at Aston Villa. Jason was hampered by injuries as the new season began 
began, and with Ken Moncow performing admirably alongside new signing Paul Elliott, he was restricted to just two starts prior to the end of the year. His luck changed when he was restored to the lineup on New Year's Day and quickly struck up an understanding with the experienced Elliott, forming a formidable barrier alongside the new man. Cundy's performances reached ever higher standards, and he played a major part as Chelsea achieved their first league victory at Anfield for 60 years and reached the quarter-final of the FA Cup. However, when the Blues' cup run ended in a devastating last-minute defeat at Sunderland, the decision was taken to raise funds for new signings, and in March 1992, Cundy played and scored in his last game for the Blues before moving to... Rotterdam Dropspur, as we all know, for £800,000 five years, five days later. The move sparking angry protests among the Chelsea following, and what did they write on the wall, Chell Tell? Uh, well, all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, bring back Cundy, I think, was yeah. the answer we were looking for. But no, Jace was actually very, very well loved amongst the Blues fans in those days, as I remember. And Tell will remember this particularly, because, of course, he was there at the time. Yeah, I remember. We, we, the Chelsea fans were incensed that he was sold, because all of a sudden, he'd just gone into the England under-21s, yeah. under McManamy, yeah. and uh, all of a sudden, one of our brightest prospects, one of our best players, yeah. got sold, and, and we were furious. And after you went, there were banners, and no. all the... Rest of the games, which well, weren't many rest of the games, but to banners and flags, and you know, the fans are incensed. And I still don't know the what real reason. Just can you tell us what, what the story We want is? to know, Jace. I heard rumours, you know, you hear rumours, I had rumours. Other clubs were interested in me throughout my time at Chelsea when I was younger. Clubs wanted to take me on loan. And you, you take very little notice of it because, you know, they, they are just that, they're just rumours. I had rumours you know, six months previous that, were, that Spurs were interested, and you just. You just put it down to that, and it out completely out of the blue. Um, you're right, I, got, I, played, I played my last game against Sheffield United. We got beaten that game, so I did score. Yeah. I did score. Um, and um, I had a phone call from, from Ian Porterfield, who turned around and said to me, Listen, are you sitting down? <coughs> Spurs have just made a, just a substantial offer to take you away. Are you, um, you know, I don't want you to go, but <coughs> Terry Venables will be phoning you this afternoon. So imagine that. Still living at home with my parents, still looking to buy a place around Richmond because um, I just signed a four and a half year contract in the November, so six months later. So I, I, I pledge my future to the club for the next next four years. So you don't expect after you sign a contract, but what I later found out was that the club did that to secure a bigger transfer fee. So those rumours that I heard six months previous probably made them tie me down to a bigger contract. The fee was bigger because back in them days, uh, Bosman's weren't about and, and to, to, to secure a bigger transfer fee, it was the length of contract that, that done that. So basically what happened is I heard that they were going to make a big offer, um, had a phone call and before I know it, um, they've decided to, uh, to sell me. And as I found out later on, it was down to financial reasons, that was the reason they sell me. Which is what we've always been told, to be fair, that it was, as, I mean, even as Kelvin wrote in, in that piece that I read out, that it was, you know, we needed the money at the time. It doesn't make good football skins. I mean, well, to, you know, Jason, I mean, what are your memories of playing for Chelsea in the late 80s, early 90s? Because, I mean, it was kind of, an, I mean, I remember it was a very up and down time. I mean, we were yo-yoing a bit, and then in about 89, when we went up as, I mean, I remember that 17-point that margin we had against yeah, City. Yeah. And I think that was the first year you really came to the fore as a Chelsea player, wasn't it? I made my debut in 90, um, and I was getting a little frustrated because I saw players around me, David Lee, Damian Matthew, Graham Stewart, Gareth Hall, um, they'd all made their debuts, and, and I, you know, you, you consider yourself, um, yeah, a, a, a good player, that you feel as though... Who was kicking out should, the team? Do you uh, at that time, Graham Roberts, came on cow, um, who else would have been there at the time? I mean, going back even a little bit younger, um, 
back into the, 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 the late 80s. Steve where, Wicks, uh, Wicks, I think, had gone. Joe McLaughlin. Oh, was yeah. There. Uh, but I was, I was on the fringes of it. I, I was actually on the bench um, two seasons before that when I, was, when I was 18 against Swindon away, where you know, I, I, I was hoping to get on, but didn't happen. But Graham Roberts and Joe McLaughlin were the centre-halves then. So I was kind of out, you know trying to dislodge them but um... what, what do you remember about those days though because I mean you know nowadays a lot of people because I mean Chelsea have got so big over the last few years because mm. of the money and everything else that we all know about and the success but uh, you know most people look back on those days and of course the kind of the 10 years before very 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 fondly mm. and I mean you know one of the things I remember about the bridge was the atmosphere was phenomenal in those days yeah. I mean what do you remember of it as a player well as a, as a, I mean you know, I grew up on the shed that's that's where I used to watch Chelsea and of course when I become associated with the club I used to go and watch the games for free. We stood up in the other end, actually, where the away fans were. There's a little section for, for the uh, the friends and families of the, uh, the young members of the squad. And it was it was just you know it was my club. It was my club. I used to watch them, and it was a privilege to to go and play there and train there. And, and of course, when I was an apprentice, the best two years of my life, bar none, was being an apprentice at Chelsea. I could I could sit in there. You want to do a podcast on stories? My God. We'll hold we, you to that. We had, we had, a, we, we had, a, they were phenomenal days. I mean, I, I grew up with good friends of mine, Jason Morris, who are still good friends, Gareth Hall, David a, Lee, uh, Jason, uh, you know, Damien Matthew, James, you know, I grew up with these lads as, as, as good, close friends. And that camaraderie we had in the, in the, in the youth team, in the reserves, we actually took that on to the, to the, to the yeah. first team. And I remember we beat Manchester United away. I think there was, there was six of us that had come through the youth team that played that day. Mm. Um, but people often say this. Do you, do you reckon Chelsea will miss that as we become a buying club as opposed to a selling club? Yeah, but everyone, everyone in the Premiership is going to miss that. Yeah. You know, football's going to miss it. You know, we can't just say Chelsea's going to miss it. Football as a whole is going to miss that. But that camaraderie I'm talking about, you know, when you grow up and you, you look around the team and you're going out to play Man United at Old Trafford, and you, you know, Damien Matthew Midfield, Graham Stewart up front, Gareth Hall, you know, David Lee. You know, we had a that, that camaraderie. And of course, at that time, Dennis Wise, who... who, who Work with every single day, become a yeah. good friend. At that time, was was was, was just a, probably my favourite period of my, of my career. What about what about the rapport with the fans in those days? I had a great relationship with the fans, and still do. Mm. Um, I think the fact that I, I grew up through the youth team was one thing, but the fact that I grew up with the youth team as a Chelsea fan, I think they, they mm. identified with it. I certainly did, you know, and I I knew how they felt. I knew. You know, having stood... Well, you were one of them. I was one of them, yeah. yeah. I was Fans one of them. could see you put yourself into I was 100%. One of those. Yeah, I, I was one of those. And, uh, you know, I, I never wanted to join Spurs. It, it was something that... that we we that all understand that, Jake. We <laughs> all understand that. It's something that happens know. in football. And, and I still get fans coming to me now and saying, you know, why, why did you leave? It, was, you know, it wasn't down to me, to a certain extent. It, it, it was different. What do you do? You sign a four-and-a-half-year contract. Six months later, you get a phone call saying you're sold. Can I just read you something else that Kelvin wrote or somebody else wrote? I dug this up when you came on the programme with a nuts ages ago, but uh, one of the few players who we genuinely loved despite him joining our North London rivals. Yeah, that's and actually, mate, and well, you know, you know, I, I, I love you to pieces, as you know, but there, there are very few players that have gone to Spurs from Chelsea that mm. you can say that it's, about. It wasn't that long so before. So good for you. Good for Jury, you, mate. Jury went yeah. to Spurs, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. He went before me. Yeah, yeah. He, he went before me. Long, he, he must have gone about eight, nine months before me. Maybe yeah. a little more. Yeah, about eight nine months. Well, that's um, the thing was, in those days the club was absolutely skint, wasn't it? It was a selling so club. The kind of, yeah, so yeah. the kind of transfer fee that, that you club. commanded. When I, I left that day, um, Kevin Wilson left and Clive Allen left um, the same the same day, the same the same transfer window. So we all left at that time, and it was down to finances. I spoke to Gwyn Williams uh, a little later on. It, it was it was a financial decision to sell me. 
nothing else. And I remember speaking to Andy Townsend not long after that. He said to me, he was on a golf course, got a phone call because he was skipper. Him and Wisey were obviously the um, leading members of the squad. And they had a phone call from, from I think, Ian Porterfield or Batesy. So he just sold Jason Cundy. And, and Andy said to me afterwards, you know, he then realised that, that, that Chelsea were never going to be an, under that, in that period a big club. That was the moment he realised. Because they were, that, they, yeah, he, he realised then that they're selling their young players. Which, you know, you know, but I, you know, look back, I shouldn't have gone, I should have stayed, but it's hard when you get a phone call and, and Batesy's decided to sell you. You, you know, what do you do? Do you, you say no and, and then Batesy sticks <laughs> you in the reserves? Unless you're Pierre gonna, Van Hoydon. <coughs> if, well. he's gonna, if he's going to sell me to Spurs, he'll sell me to anyone. So. Listen, we're going we're gonna to carry on. I mean, that's a very good, interesting point he made, the, the link between Chelsea not being a big club and being a very big club, which is what they are now. We're going to talk to Jason a little bit more about that after this break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. As I was saying beforehand, uh, you know, obviously Jason's, you know, come back to the club that he loves. And I know that he does a lot of work there with Chelsea TV and things like that. So um, it'd be really useful to pick his brains about what's going on at the moment there and and what he thinks about our chances of silverware this season. So obviously the biggest change between this year and last year, mate, since we last spoke, really, is the fact that we've now got big Phil Scolari in charge. So what what do you think of it so far? So far, so good. Um, I was fortunate enough, as I've already mentioned, to be on the pre-season tour. Ben Andrews, the lad who works at Chelsea TV, he, he, he had a back injury, had an operation in the end. And a phone call from Chelsea TV, who I've worked there now for the last four or five years, said, you know, would you be happy to go across and, and you know, do the interviews for Chelsea TV? Speak to the squad. I know a lot of the players. I know, I know the English boys, JT, Joe Cole, Ash, uh, Lamps, um, Sean at the time, obviously he's left, and Bridgie. So I know, I know the boys that I can go. So I said, yeah, fine, I'll, I'll be delighted to go. What an opportunity. You know, an, an ex-player years later goes on a 
pre-season tour of when I used to go to Aberystwyth and now <laughs> <laughs> actually we're, we're, we're going to talk about something like that later but we, yeah, no 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 we're going to do it later we'll do it later, we'll do it later. Aber save it Aberystwyth save it save it save it Aberystwyth to uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to Macau Malaysia and Macau in China and, uh, and Moscow so I've seen things change but um, but what about Big Phil Big Phil um, has come in at a time where Chelsea needed a, a, a strong um, experienced Passionate manager to handle a big, a dressing room with egos, with players that are world class, players who have won major honours in the game, and, you, and it takes a very special manager. There aren't too many people in the world that can come in and do that, and Chelsea knew that, mm. and there was only a handful, if you like, that could have come in, and they chose well. He's come in. Um, I like the guy. He's very, very approachable. The players love him. I spoke to JT. Absolutely love him. They, they, they truly and utterly love him. After what happened with with Avram, I won't go into it, but we all was, know, mate. A, yeah, 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 clearly there was there was um, there, there were issues. No one's fault. It, you know, it wasn't Avram's fault. It wasn't the players' fault. It was just a culmination of I think bad mistakes by the club at that time to, yeah. to release Jose the way they did and so on. But that's gone. But they bought in now. To give him credit, they made a mistake in letting Jose the way they did. But give them credit; they have they have appointed a he's a top a man, top class man. And when you see him being interviewed now, you know you can, you can see that you know he's passionate about what he does. I've seen him work; he's very hands-on. He's not that's why Clarky left. He, you know, he's a hands-on man. He wants to be at the at the coalface at the cutting edge. Of, you know, he wants to be there on the training ground doing what he does. It's, it's my club; it's my team. I want to make sure that I I do all the coaching, and, and that's apparent. The players love him. They bought into his his work ethic. And you know, looking at the results and the way we started the season, you know, it, you know, a new manager comes in, doesn't always hit the ground running. No. It takes it's a, you know, there aren't too many managers. In fact, I'd probably say that Jose Mourinho is the only one in his first season has won the Premiership. Yeah. But it, it takes a very special manager to come in. And when you look at when you look at what Jose Mourinho has done, magnificent, you know, yeah. brilliant. And and Scolari has got off on the right foot. And uh, you know, bringing in Deco was a masterstroke. We missed out of Robinho, as we've already spoken about. Um, but uh, I, you know, what, what do I expect us to win this year? We have to, the Premiership has to be the, the, the first one. Has to be the, the our, our. I want us to win the Premiership. Yeah, will I take the Champions League? Of course I will. Will I take the FA Cup? Well, yes. Carling Cup. We don't want Manu to win it three times again on the trot. They're the only team, aren't they, to win, to win it on the back three no, times? Yeah, yeah. Three teams. Teams. No, I'm talking about the Premiership. Oh, Premiership, yeah. Premier. I mean, if we, we forget, don't we? There was a league before yeah. the Premiership. Yeah. But, but the, the, the game has changed since the Premiership coming. There's more money now. And what Liverpool done was, was, was fantastic. Has, has Liverpool just, ever won the Premiership? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, no. Right. Listen, can we just pick up on something? Because, I mean, you, you, you said about Stevie Clark leaving, and we were all obviously very gutted because he, he's so well-loved at the club, having been there forever. Um, and of course, Ray's now taken over. And as you know, I, you know, I, I was lucky enough to work with Ray for a couple of months, and, and, and he's a, he was a real hero of mine anyway. But he was a lovely guy, and I'm delighted to see him back. I have to say, but you kind of intimated that that, that uh, uh, you know a lot of us thought actually that Stevie was being marginalised a bit because Scolari's so hands-on. So, do you think it's a? Do you think it's going to be a hindrance to us the fact that Stevie Clark's gone? And B, do you think Ray's going to be able to do a good job there? When Jose Mourinho left, um, I think Stevie Clark felt um, perhaps he was underused, um, overlooked. Uh, Avram Grant has come in, and Stevie Clark, without Stevie Clark at the club at that time, we would have been in turmoil. Stevie Clark held yeah. that club together. He was like sticky back yeah. tape. Mm. You know, he pulled things in, he called the players in, 
he'd done everything. Um, well, we, we suspected that. Yeah, yeah, no, he was, he was, that's what we suspected. And, and, and you know, <clears throat> then they they had to change things, and he understands that, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And then and then Scolari's come in and, and realised that a big manager's come. And I just think he felt that to further his own career, he had to go on and, and express himself. You know, there's nothing worse. He loves the club. Yeah, you know, I know. And, and yeah. you know, he'd been there 21 years, on and off, mostly on. But just disappeared for. I mean, you yeah. were there when he was there, weren't you? I've known Clarky for, yeah. for 21 years. But you know, do you think him. when when Jose Mourinho did go and Grant was appointed, do you think Stevie Clark thought, why wasn't this my chance? Because a few of us didn't did really stand. Well, yeah. didn't we all? Yeah, yeah. we, we did. all. You know, didn't we all? Why, why wasn't you know why wasn't Clarky given it? Why should have Clark? Why, you know, why wasn't Clarky work the players on a daily basis, given that opportunity? Yeah. Evan Grant was to come down and help, fine. But to give Evan Grant, who. Yeah, there were mistakes were made. I've, I've already made that point. Mistakes were made. Okay, well, talking about sorry, Mark, talking about talking about Ray Wilkins. I mean, he's now yeah. coming there. My, my feeling is, I mean, I had a bit of a ding dong with the boys last week because I'm a big fan of Ray and I think it's a great choice. Because bottom line is, we don't need somebody to come in and do the coaching that Clarkie was doing because no. Scolari is so on top of that. What we do need is a point man, particularly with the English lads, I think, and some somebody who has got a you know, a link to the past. And I think that was very important. So for me, Ray was the ideal candidate there for the were, job. There weren't too many people that could have covered that post. Mm. And don't forget, you have to have a coaching experience. You have to have a link with the players. You have to have a link with the fans. You have to have a link with the, with the, 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 the hierarchy at Chelsea. Um, he covered, he ticked all the boxes. He does, doesn't yeah. he? He ticked all the boxes. I, I, I he dare was, say he'll probably do some of the media work he, as well. He, well, well he already is. Uh, his media work will, yeah. will be curtailed, I'm sure. I don't think he'll... No, 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 I meant for the, in, in, in the press for, Speaking for the Chelsea yeah. management. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, of, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, no, absolutely, yeah. But, you know, in, in terms of the appointment itself, there weren't too many people. I wonder whether Wisey might have been, been considered, bearing in mind what's going on at Newcastle, mm. but... But that, that was probably little... not because of what's going on <laughs> in Newcastle. Well, thought, you know, but you look around. There, like I said, there weren't too many people. Ex Chelsea, you know, I mean, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank put his. I know for a fact there was him. It was there was Ray. Well, Jimmy threw his hat. Jimmy in the Floyd ring. Hasselbank and Nigel Spack. Yeah, yeah. Well, really. Well, Nigel, yeah. They, they were the three that the candidates that I've heard. Right. Spackers. But what were they there to do? I mean, other than put the cones out, if if, if Slory is so sort of hands on, it's what, it's, it's, the, it's the go between the yeah. players, Point the management. Man. The the, um, the the hierarchy at the club, Kenyon, uh, Tenabaum, of course, Roman himself, and of course the fans. You know, the fans need to identify. There's a big danger in this country now that, that you know, and, and West Ham have got this problem. You know, who can they identify? Well, they've got Keane that down there, haven't they? They've got Kevin Keane down there. Yeah. You know, you need someone. You do. That, that the fans can I. What you don't want is a situation. I mean, Liverpool have done it. Look at yeah. Liverpool. They've got Sammy Lee. They've got they've got Terry. Is it Phelan? No, no, Mickey Phelan down at down at Manchester United. United. Yeah. You know, they've all got these players who have had an affinity with the club, who yeah. the fans know, yeah. and therefore on the coaching staff, because the game has changed, the game has evolved. Yeah. That's a hell of a job in man management, going between Roman Abramovich all the way down to the fans. Is, is Ray Wilkins up to that job? Yeah, I think he is. Why I think, he's, I think know, he's got a big enough know, personality. It's, it's, it's not a, on a daily basis, it's an identity. You know, you, it, Chelsea need that identity. As soon as you start bringing him, mm. Scalari's brought his own backroom staff. I've, I've, I've interviewed them all. Matusu. Fine, absolutely fine. No, no problem. But you need an identity, yeah. and that was a, that was a masterstroke from from a man when he appointed Steve that can't that position, who was youth team coach at the time when when Jose came in. It was a masterstroke because he, he recognised the value to Steve Clark to Chelsea Football Club, and the fans would appreciate that. And here's another thing about Ray, and Jason will bear me out on this, I think, but I know for a fact that Ray's had a season ticket at Chelsea for a long time with his son. Am I right? Ray, Ray may well have. I mean, I know a lot of them no, do. I mean, I've had a season yeah. ticket down there. Tommy Langley has. Yeah, you know. Um, 
He's a, he's, a, he's a Chelsea boy. They're one of us. That's the bottom it, line. And, and I think the fans. I mean, you you, you guys are fans. You you tell me. Well, no, we just we just do the fan cast, mate. We're no, not really. Fans. <laughs> no, you, you yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you tell, you know, how many other people? Can you, you name them now? Who else could have filled that post? I ask you now, Gone. Who else? Could, my, well, I think you named most of them. <laughs> you are exactly. I, I, you, I, you I know wouldn't know even name Spanner in that. Yeah, really. Right. I never know, you know. Who had coaching experience, who's out of work, who would come to Chelsea and do that job. Because it's not a hands-on job. No, exactly. it, It's, you know, it, it's, yes, yes, is he going to a vital role? Of course he has. He needs to speak to the players. He needs respect, global respect. I mean, Ray Wilkins, he played 86 times for England. Yeah. Everyone yeah. In, in the world who knows football knows Ray Wilkins. Yeah. Scolari will know Ray Wilkins. Yeah. You know? And, mm. and th- that, that's important. You need that continuity. It's very difficult to, to try and... Yeah. And of course, Chelsea's, Chelsea's fans, uh, you know, they're, they're not just 12 year olds. You know, of course, they're not. There's a load of old boys like us. Yeah. We need someone yeah. who sort of would understand us, how we are. Yeah, well, we spoke about that with Steve Clark. Exactly. He, he was a direct link yeah. between all the way back when to the, the bleak years, I suppose. I'm just going to wrap this up. Good stuff. All right, we're going to be back after this short break. Um, but before I go, uh, if you've got any funny stories from the olden but golden days, get in touch with us at footballfancast.com slash your hyphen club slash Chelsea or at our Chelsea Football Fancast Facebook group, which now has 291 members, doesn't two, it, two Martin? Yeah. So there we go. Anyway, look, you never know. I might, if they make me laugh, I might get them on the show. Now, now, talking of the olden but golden days, we'll have some more tales from the shed after this break. For the latest opinions and news, check out the Football Fancast forum and blogs. Read what your fellow fans have to say and join in the banter. Okay, as people know that when it's an appropriate time, we do a thing called Tales from the Shed, which I really, really like. Now, um, earlier on, uh, Chell Tell, who of course we didn't see last week, who is very excited that Jason's on the show today, <laughs> threw me, threw me this programme. And, uh, I mean, you know, if there's, if there's two guys that can talk about Tales of the Shed this week, it's got to be Jason and Tell. But can I just pass that back and uh, please read out what it says, Tell. Uh, uh, assuming a pre-season friendly, Summersham Town FC versus Chelsea FC. Uh, <laughs> kick-off, 3 o'clock, 25th of July, 1987. <laughs> 17 years of age, I would have been. And, and your name's on the team sheet at the back, along with Freestone, Garrett 49 Ball. Stone. <laughs> oh, <it's only> <laughs> he got much older than 19 at the time. Dublin, Bodley, David Lee, John McNaught, Kevin McAllister, Keith Jones, Colin West, Billy Dodds, Wegley, Jason Cundy, Jason Morris, Tony Cousins, John Pines. Yeah. So I how about that? Jason Morris, anyway. Do you Jason remember, Morris do you remember that game? Do you remember that game? Come a look, come a look. Do you remember that game? It's instant eyes. I, I, I played, you know, growing up as a young boy, you know, this would have been just as I, as I, I was still in the youth team at this stage, back in the 80s. That's what I thought it might sort of stick in your mind. No, I mean, I, I mean there's, there's a photograph here. John Ollins was obviously still was manager. I'm not even in the team team photo. No. Here. Um, <laughs> it's only because they airbrushed you out. Well, well this, yeah. the, the reason being is because I, I was I was an apprentice. Right. That, that's that's the reason. Right, being. right, right. And this would have been. Is this a pre-season game? Yeah. yeah. It's a pre-season game. July '87. Um, so this would have been. I'd have still been an apprentice. These players would have been outside the first team squad that, that you've just read out. Yeah. And the likes of who else was there? Um, Tony Cousins, Jason Morris, m- myself. David Lee uh, would have been the players who were still the youth team players, but getting pushed up into reserves. And the players, Freestone, Hall, Dublin, Bodders, uh, John McNaught, McAllister and, and Wegley and the likes, would have been on the fringe, would have been out the first team squad. So that's kind of the, you know, the, yeah. you know, the best of the youth team 
and, and, the, and the players that can't get the first Does, team Doesn't squad. it make a difference, though, now we're having pre-season games in Malaysia or the States against mm. people like AC Milan, and in 1987 yeah. we were playing Somersham... Was it, who is it? Somersham Town. Town. This is the reserve team. I don't even this know is, where Somersham is. St. Ives in Cambridge. This is, this is the reserve team. Who signed that as well, by the way? John McNaught. John McNaught, he's dead now. No oh, way. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's a mate of mine, John McNaught. He's a... 20, 21 years on, Jason, would you sign the programme? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to do that. We've got to do that. Got to. Listen, you know, while, while we're talking about Tales from the Shed, and I mean, you know, Terry, Terry and, uh, and, and, you know, Terry used to watch Jace play, obviously, in the Shed. I mean, have you, either of you got any anecdotes about what those days were like? Uh, well, th- he was, Jason was uh, one of our leading lights. You know, the, the fans loved him because he's a player from the youth team and he was a great player. And we could see him building a great partnership, potentially with uh, Paul Elliott, and it just wasn't allowed to come about because of, as we've heard, financial situation. But that would have been because Paul Elliott was on the fringe of being called up he for was England. Mo- he was the mo- of all the players I ever played with, Paul Elliott was the most um, possibly influential. He was the one that... that, that, that Really took me under his wing. He was superb. He looked, really he looked nice. dominant on the pitch. He's one of those Paul defenders. That Paul Elliott was was absolutely superb. He was like John Terry the early nineties, as I remember. He was awesome. He was the. If I had to make my, you know, to to, to, to learn my trade alongside anyone, I don't think I could have asked for anyone. That's no, quality player. Yeah. Really, really nice bloke as well. Met Top guy. A good Paul friend Elliott. of mine still. You know, when I see him now, and uh, my, my, you know. My, my kids have met him, my wife you know, loves him. He's a he's a he's a top top. And I actually just a quick story. I moved to Spurs, and um, of course I respected him as a, as a as a player, but also as a man. You know the way he spoke to me, the way he would encourage me, make mistakes. You would wouldn't ever you know, get on my back. And I remember the game when, when Dean Saunders went yeah. through. It. I can't remember who I played. But I remember the next morning waking up and I phoned Paul Elliott and he was in hospital and uh, I said, "No, how is it?" And he said, yeah, "It's bad." And I remember breaking down in tears on the phone to him. And he said, Jace, I can't hear. I, you know, I'm sorry, I can't. You know, and he put the phone down. I remember thinking, God, well, why have I done that? But this goes to show you know, the, the impact he had on yeah. me as a player. Mm. That, uh, you know, to hear that his parent. career was over was, was, yeah. was too much to handle for yeah. me as a young 21-year-old. You know, young sort of knew it there, looking at the, at the mm. pitch. He knew something awful had happened from his reaction. Yeah, he, he, he pretty much told me in, from his bed in hospital that, that yeah, he, was, he was in trouble. Yeah, he said, Jace, I mean, you know, I, and I, I shouldn't have done it, but as a young boy. Well, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? I didn't want to do it. I just broke down in tears for it. You know, you realise... You know what he yeah. what he meant to yeah. not just the club but also what he meant to me. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, interesting days as well. Now look, we're going to be uh, back after this very short break, and we're going to be hearing what you lot have been saying. Real fans, real opinions. Right, you can get in touch and contribute to the show via the Football Fancast site. Now, read and comment on the blogs and also leave your comments on the show by hitting the comment or what do you think of the show button. It's all at www.footballfancast.com slash your hyphen club slash Chelsea. Now, we've also got a thriving Chelsea Fancast uh, group on Facebook. Uh, as I said earlier, 291 members now. And, uh, am, I, am I a Facebook member? I believe you I are. Jason believe is a member of the Facebook group. I I'm members. a member of the Jason Cundy Appreciation. I'm a member. <laughs> I, 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 there's, there's 19 there's, of us in there. You know? 
that's my mum, my dad. <laughs> but we are also members that we actually kind of got it above. We got it above kind of like 15, didn't we? But there you go. But no, I mean, seriously speaking, Jason is a member of the Facebook group, so you lot out there have got no bloody excuse. So get on there and join it and get your friends too as well. Uh, the other thing about it, of course, is you can also write all sorts of mad stuff on the wall, start up a few discussion topics and put your videos and your photos on there, or just write anything on the wall and wind me up like everybody else seems to do. I do quite enjoy it. Anyway, so join up to both the Football Fancast site and our Facebook group. Do it now. You know it makes sense. Now, talking of which... We've had some excellent posts on the fancast, uh, well, actually, they're mainly for the Facebook site this week, uh, on a bit that I like to call, You Are On CFFC. Not Nick from Sky Sports at all, for legal reasons, clearly. Now, now I'm gonna, I'm, we're running way over time, and probably going to do the longest show ever, but you know what, do I give a shit? No. <laughs> um, I, I have to read this out, because this is heartfelt. This is heartfelt. I bet you Jason's never heard anything like this before. This is from a guy called Christopher Larwood in South Australia, and he says... Greetings, lads, from South Australia. Very glad to have found your podcast. It's more than filled the gap left by the Reverend Gavin Peacock show. Sorry, I had, I had to say that. Oh, you were probably on Gavin's podcast, weren't you? No, I never appeared on Gavin's. You were never has, on Gavin's podcast. Has he gone now? Has he gone I, I think so. I've not seen it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But he's a great player, so I'm not taking the piss, really. Anyway, your show is more fair dinkum. I mean, remember, this guy is an Aussie. Um, true supporters able to discuss club and players without fear or favour. Now, Jason, who knows me from my kind of day job, he knows that every program I make is without fear or favour. And actually, a lot of people would say, any sense. Well. But <laughs> there you go. put that first. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, there was quite an active Chelsea supporters group in Adelaide up until seven or eight years ago. However, the advent of cable TV meant that we could watch at home or nearby pubs and the get-togethers faded away. Prior to cable TV, we had an hour's highlights each week, each week covering the league, but no live EPL except for the FA Cup final. We were desperate to see more of the Chelsea games, and videotapes were some sometimes sent from South Africa of complete games so we could see more than the two-minute highlights. I clearly remember watching the game versus Tromso with snow piled up around the ground and using an orange ball from memory. We got the tape mere weeks after the game was played. Now, this is really... This is, this is quality. This is quality. The group, the group would meet at different houses. Listen to this. The group would meet at different houses with the easiest way to identify which house was the host was to look for the celery on the front fence fence and gate. Now, it took it, 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 I took it as a compliment. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, the bottom line is he says this. I somehow feel like an insider listening to your show and the banter between you blokes. And in this far outpost of the Chelsea world, which is deluged with Australian rules, football, rugby, TC, I can feel connected to Stamford Bridge. Top stuff, mate. Uh, that's, a, that's a brilliant, brilliant bit of writing, and I really enjoy reading that. Now, Robert Del Cini. That's, that's being half Australian because my mum's Australian. I didn't know that. My mother yeah, is Australian. You're half yeah. an Aussie, mate. I am half an Aussie. Yes. Good grief. Um, well, Robert will be pleased to hear that. So, uh, yeah, so thank you very much for that. It's good to see that the, 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 the Chelsea Blue spreads as far as that. It certainly does. There's another one, actually. Robert Del Cini, who I think is uh, from England originally but now lives out in Australia, he's also said. He's in Melbourne, I think. He may well be. The, the podcast have brought me close to the action and banned from the pub before the game. Keep up the good work. You're providing a service that has been lacking for so long. Th this is great. You're going to love this, Jase. He also wrote, this is before, uh, about a week ago. Question, Chidge. Have you ever tried to get some ex-players on the show? <laughs> great idea. <laughs> Not really, but one turned out this week. <laughs> well, Robert, I thought about it, but I thought no. <laughs> So, obviously, Robert, I hope you're happy now we've had Jason on the show. Thank you Because, obviously, we, we have had an expert on. Uh, now, the other thing is, I, I, we, we, as we've gone so over, I'm not going to read out half of them, but I'm going to read these two here. Oh, just one thing. Michael Roban did send us a report about his experience at the Fox and Hounds in L.A. from the Man U match last week, and he did speak to 
Stevie Cohen, who does World Soccer Daily, which is a, a podcast, and, a, and I think it's a, the Fox phone-in uh, soccer show out in, in LA, which is very well listened to. Uh, I got phoned up by Stevie Cohen. He's a top bloke, mad Chelsea fan, and uh, so big shout going out to Steve. Well done for, for carrying the blue flag high in LA and teaching the Americans what football was. Really about. It's not soccer. It's not football. soccer. It's football. football. Steve, we love what you're doing, and hopefully we'll get you on the show sometime soon. Uh, now, just a couple of quickies. Just uh, Keith Lowe wrote in just to say, uh, I listen every week. Really good podcast, fun, and deals with matters that Chelsea fans really care about. Uh, like the rollover dogs, of course. You know, <laughs> it's a subject very close to my heart. Um, I go to the Bridges as often as I can. I live for Chelsea. Uh, your podcast is the first one I download every week. Keep up the good great man. Good, I man. Thank good lad. That's what he we like. Me too. He also says I'm local to Putney. What bar do you record from? Q plug. Putney, <laughs> Putney Station Barmaid. <laughs> the only bar for the Chelsea fancast. Even if Emma's a Liverpool fan, but we love her anyway, don't we? We do. Say uh, yes very quickly. We yes, do. very quickly. No, we don't. And finally, finally. Emma Cox wrote, I love this one, this is quality. Love the fan cast, particularly enjoyed the carrot story. Now, Jason, if you listen to last week's show, you'll hear the carrot story. I, I recommend it to you, it's mental. It is funny. Right, that's about all we've got time for this week. We will be back next Monday with another show. Now, very uh, a huge thanks to my guests this week. First of all, Jason, for coming Absolute on pleasure, the show. guys, thank you very much for inviting me. No, it's been lovely having you on the show, mate. I know we've been trying to get you on for a long time, but the wait has been more than worth it. Absolutely. So, well done, Jace. Round of applause for Jace. Yes. Good to have him on board. He is now, by the Chelsea. way, everybody, he is signing oh, he is a signing programme for Chelsea. Yeah, fantastic. You just, I've been waiting for how many years? Since 21 years. 21 years. And he wants a tenner for it as well. That's quite reasonable. He's, he's making a very small boy's dream come true. Sorry, <laughs> moment. <laughs> I was a big boy even then. Yeah, I bet you were. That's what all the ladies say anyway. Yeah. Cheltel, lovely to have you back on the show, nice of course. To be back. Goes without saying. Martin, great to have you yeah. back too. Enjoyed it very much. One half of one half of the Blues brothers this week. That's, Stu, good to see you. Yeah, the better half, Chich. The good better be. half, that's what I like to say, but we won't tell Chris that you've said that. <laughs> Anyway, look, lovely. Thanks for everybody being on the show this week. It's, it's brilliant. Thanks to Putney Station Fantastic. for hosting the fancast and providing us with enough beer to make it entertaining, <laughs> I hope. Until next week, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! Well done, everybody. You've been listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Log on at footballfancast.com and get involved. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.